Good morning. So I have a question for you. What are you doing here? Sydney, why are you here? For peace. For peace. And quiet. And quiet. Mm-hmm. So we turned off the air conditioner. How about you, Mogoan? Why are you here? Trying to stay in the moment. Trying to stay in this fleeting moment. Yose, why are you here? Every time I try to go someplace else, and she tries so hard, (laughs) the path comes right back here. How about you, Shugetsu? What are you doing here? Wake up. Wake up. Feeling sleepy? Why are you here? What do you want? Anybody? I won't pick on anybody else. Just tell me. What do you want? Reality. Hmm? To, to get in touch with reality. To get in touch with reality is fine. You don't have to add anything. Well, just trying to be happy. How about? Just trying to be happy. How about? How about? How about trying? Trying to be happy. Hmm? What can you cut out of that sentence? Try just being happy. You're here to be happy. Okay. I'm happy to hear that. Somebody else? What are you doing here? Smiling. Smiling. Anyone else? There's a place of inner confidence and belonging, and there's a very, very subtle and narrow blade that we're walking on and it's so easy to fall to the right and to the left and just back and forth and this this practice helps bring us back to that. So on the so on the edge of the blade. That sounds like a happy place. <laughs> to wake up. Same. To live my life. Hmm? To live my life. To live my life. To notice my life. Can't live it unless you notice it, right? You don't notice it unless you're living it. 
This is very good. Anyone else? To be part of the larger, the larger. To be part of the larger whole. whole, feeling that perhaps you're not. I'm just in love with the practice. It's nice when we can come back to I response, right? I. Not some kind of abstract thing, but just I want to wake up. I want to notice my life. I want to live my life. I want to feel I'm home. I want peace and quiet. Whatever it is, to be honest, all we can say is this. I want to walk that edge. What else? What do you want? Through, I want to cut through delusion. Anyone else? To relax. To relax. Just breathe in and breathing out with no gaining idea. Not bad. To end suffering. Oh, please. <laughs> my own, anyway. <laughs> Good. Good. Hmm? I don't know. Smile when you say that. Anyone else? To understand. Understand my mind. What is this mind? Just keeps churning up, making muddy water. We didn't hear him at the Blues Fest, but we should listen to what he has to say. It's great wisdom. Muddy Waters, blues artist. Just in case, you never know. <laughs> Anyone else? Just drawn. Hmm? Just drawn. Just drawn. It's good. Just drawn. No choice. So, Jikyo, you're the only one now I get to pick on you. <laughs> Maybe Heidi has something also. Huh? Say it again louder. All that has been said applies to me as well. All that has been said and all that has not been said and all that will ever be said applies to me too. Yes? Okay, you gave GQ a moment's reprieve. <laughs> I just had to say the same thing, and, but what came was, I don't know. I don't know. 
don't know why I'm here. That kind of feeling. I don't know what I'm doing here. Became a Buddhist nun. I don't know why. (laughs) Not exactly like that. In 1975, Bob Dylan came out with what I believe to be one of his greatest albums. Blood on the Tracks. How many of you know that? Oh. How can I speak to you? (laughs) Only three people? Anyway, one of the songs on that album is called Shelter from the Storm. She gives me shelter from the storm. And whether this was part of your answer or not, I do think that people come to this Buddha Dharma feeling, feeling the intensity of their suffering, as Joraku said, feeling they need some relaxation, some peace and quiet, some kind of something. And then they learn about concepts like waking up, right? Oh yeah, maybe that's how I'll find shelter. I'll wake up. And all kinds of other things that happen because of the practice that then cultivate many of the responses that you all gave. Wonderful responses. Everybody's response is correct, right? Yes, definitely. Nobody fails the test. But I was thinking about this. You know, we don't often ask, what is it that you want? And in fact, we, the more we study Buddhism and the more we sit, we kind of get caught up in this new concept that we're not supposed to want anything. Right? And we're not supposed to know anything. Right? So we come feeling in one way or another that This place, this place meaning this practice, but also this place, is, as Yose said, somehow the path home, that home, that home that is within us, that we cannot locate in any particular place, no matter how much we look for it, we have this paradox We come here and we feel this beckoning, as someone said, drawn, Dagon, drawn 
brought home. And in some wonderful way, this shelter from the storm. But what do we then undergo in the practice after the initial uh, honeymoon stage? What do we find out? Pardon? We have constructed a lot of stuff. So the metaphor is shelter from the storm, right? She gives me shelter from the storm. (laughs) That's the metaphor. So what do we find out about this wonderful shelter? Start doubting. Okay, so what do you see then? What do you notice? What is it that you discover that makes you start to doubt the efficacy or the perhaps the roof of the shelter? Roof flies off, everything flows in, right? We are the storm. We are the storm. Exactly. We come to this shelter. Ah, it's so nice. So quiet, everybody does everything beautifully, and it's peaceful, and I don't have to worry about anything because I'm still a new student, and you know, they don't even notice me. I just go about doing what I do. I come, I go, nobody cares. Great. But then a little time passes, and we discover that it's The other day at 6 a.m. or quarter of whatever time it was, quarter of 7, Wednesday morning, everyone chanting morning service, and then the sound of a key opening the front door. It's a wonderful, beautiful storm outside. Kugan comes in. Jikyo, then you tell that story. I got up to see who came in. And he said, there's a huge flood in the Mormon house and everything's ruined. (laughs) This is Kugan. (laughs) And a few other things. (laughs) About the roofers. So there's a huge flood in the Foreman house. Everything is ruined. And the roofers uh, the night before, of course, believing everything they heard about the weather... There will not be any rain or storming or anything until later in the day. However, this was not the case. So shelter from the storm. If we think, oh, shelter, yeah, I've got shelter. And then all of a sudden the storm, as you say, we discover flood inside. It's not a matter of whether the roofers put up a tarp or not. Storm inside. So then I think perhaps, just maybe, practice can begin.
which is to say, when you discover stormy weather, and that's good, that's good. There's a kind of energy required to do this practice. And Pushiki spoke about it uh, with regard to this edge, this focus to know what it is, to know your own mind, to look within, to see what you're carrying with you, to see the storms that you inflict upon yourself and everyone else around you, and to have a strong vow, not only to see it, that's not enough, but what? really penetrate into it, to see it, to know it. Therefore, what? Hmm? No way. No. Get drenched is definitely better than... (laughs) Oh, there's no storm here. Okay, you're drenched. Then what? Then the energy comes in your practice to do what? Turn it into something else. All right, if you want to put it that way, transform. Transform. In other words, very simply, we have this just ordinary word, right? Change. But, you know, just as secretly everybody doubts the reality of their own Buddha nature... what you say otherwise, there's also this feeling that it's being done to you. So how can you do anything about it? Huh? How can we really change? We can't help it. First of all, there was the fact that we were born at a certain time, and you know, Maybe uh, Saturn is square Jupiter. Well, that's one way to look at it. Second of all, there's the fact that you had terrible parents. Well, maybe you're friends with them now, now that they're dead, but, you know, basically they could have done better. Third of all, there's the fact that oh, this is such a terrible culture we're living in. We have terrible people, you know, in political office. They're destroying the planet. What else? What have I left out? War. Yeah, war. Okay. You know, so there are all these reasons for us to feel that
No wonder we're carrying these storms around inside and we can't do anything about it, basically. So what, what I'm saying, I, that was irony, okay? Just, you know, I have to tell you, make sure you understand. Because what I'm speaking about, again, has to do with energy. Energy, conviction. It's one thing to say, I don't know. And another thing to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The point is, here we are practicing this incredible tradition called Rinzai Zen. Maybe you'd rather be practicing something else. I don't know. But you come here because it's a nice place. But let me tell you, we are practicing Rinzai Zen. What is this? To really ask this question. What is this? That's the first, first engagement, if you will. This energy. I'm tired of living as a victim, okay? As I said in a humorous way, all those things, okay, you can think of your own. But, There comes a point when, because of your sitting, you say, enough. I am not going to procrastinate another minute. You might say, I've wasted my life, okay? I'm not going to waste the rest of it, okay? I've just come to a turning point. Of course you have not wasted your life. Everything you've done has brought you to this point. But now you are at this point. Live this point. This is what I'm saying. That is really the quintessence of our practice. To live this point. There is no one or no thing keeping you from it. No matter what you think. Get rid of your clinging to what you think is keeping you from living this point. Yesterday, we had a work day, and quite a few of you were here, and I am so grateful. But I also know how grateful you are for having been allowed to do this work, right? Incredible to feel this, to feel this amazing energy coursing through the Sangha, coursing through the earth, the trees, the air. We weren't so-called working to make things nice any more than this is shelter from the storm. All right? We were engaging with the force of life itself, this one-pointed force. I am so incredulous, really, that we can even come to the zendo 
for more than five times without feeling this is the point. So we have session soon, so I can rant and rave some more. But really, think about it. What's stopping you from living your life? Stop whining. Oh, come on, be nice. All right, I'll be nice. I'll read some nice Soto Zen teacher. (laughs) He's not so nice. He's a wonderful teacher. Again, Jakusho Kwang from Sonoma Mountain Zen Center. We heard from him last time I gave a talk. And here... He talks about collecting garbage. In a Zen temple or monastery, collecting garbage is one of the most important jobs. So you can think, those of you who were working here yesterday, okay, just whatever you were doing, this collecting garbage, you can um, relate to it. When we pick up papers or garbage, we have to understand that we are also picking up the garbage inside our own minds. The words outside and inside are two ways of describing one thing, one point. Since our thoughts and dualistic understanding are kind of littering in our mind, right? It's not a matter just to go down Onondaga Creek and pick up the old garbage cans and whatever that are littering. What's the littering in your own mind? Returning to the text here. When we pick one up, we pick both up in exactly the same way. Do you understand? That's our samu, which means work practice. That's our work. When we pick up the garbage, we pick it up 100%. It's like when lightning strikes the sky. Nothing remains. This kind of action affects other people. This is very important. If we pick it up in a distracted way, with our minds on something else, we just make more litter. It's so nice to be able to read someone else saying this. Because I'm always talking to you about multitasking, what happens, the fallout around you when you're rushing around doing this and that and a million other things and not engaging 100% in this one thing, one task. So returning to this. That's why we give to this task and to all of our activities 100% of ourselves. No matter how small the task may seem, Picking up a speck of dust, or how big? Kneeling clappered on the dormers of the foreman house. We still give it 100%. As the saying goes, each thing has its own intrinsic value. This is no different from saying, all. Sentient beings are primarily all Buddhas.
It is with this very same spirit of realization that we approach our work and life. Practicing in this way, where we realize the self within the activity because the self becomes the activity is known in Japanese as jiyuyu zamai. Zamai is samadhi. To work this way. You know Dogen's famous saying, to study the self is to forget the self. But we are just setting in a stone, just hammering a piece of clapper, just sweeping, just cleaning. Forgetting the self. To forget the self. What? Everything is enlightening us. This speck of dust is none other than Buddha. Self becomes the activity. Then he says, when we pick up garbage, everything is being picked up. Think about this for yourself, this feeling that you spoke of, suffering. When you pick up a cucumber that has fallen to the floor with this mind, that doesn't mean you do it slowly. Please don't misunderstand. Man, Everything is being picked up. Your whole life transforms. It's not a matter of conceptualizing and say, I want to change my life. What are you doing? It's not a matter of having some idea about what you want to change or how other people should have some other way of treating you. It's a matter of what you do. This is why we work together. Our practice is working together. So then he says, therefore, when it is our responsibility to pick it up, garbage is the most important part of our practice. Traditionally, the head monk or student cleans the toilet because even such a seemingly menial task has its intrinsic value. And when this head monk or senior student becomes the activity. He or she is unknowingly communicating that to everyone and to everything. Unknowingly, in other words, it's not like, look how well I'm doing the toilet. I'm serving as a role model for everybody else. (laughs) Unknowingly, unknowingly, just self becomes the activity. Bowing to your own Buddha nature. Activity. Revealing the self. And then he says, that's what it means to work together as opposed to working just by ourselves. We communicate through raking the path, stacking the wood, making the meals, we can see and feel the awareness behind the task. 
it's the ultimate internet or World Wide Web. Everything is included in our activity. We are all really doing it together. It's wonderful. So, as you see, there is no difference between a realized Soto master and a realized Rinzai master. We are always saying the same thing. What is it you are doing right here, right now? How? Why? What? Take nothing for granted. Don't let anybody keep you from living your life. What are you afraid of? Hmm? What are you afraid of? Does anybody have any answer to that question? Well, you may feel that you're doing your life just fine, thank you. In which case, we can end. But if anybody has any sense of what you're afraid of, please tell us. Okay, so first Bill, then GQ. So you're afraid of your anger, and the source of your anger, when you looked at it, is fear. That's great. So this fear underlying and giving rise to very difficult emotions must be seen, must be looked at. And then there must be some strong energy So that whatever you are doing, it is shaking that loose. You know how we have this lovely Onondaga Creek flowing, wonderful metaphor, right outside the Zendo. We can't help but flow. That is what it means to say sentient beings are primarily all Buddha. But... Most, most of the time, our emotional reactivity to all the different various karmic situations, blah, 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 catches us up in a kind of log jam, right? You feel like you're in a log jam rather than flowing along many times. Of course, not all of you, of course, of course, wonderful flowing creatures that you are beautiful, enlightened Beautiful people, no problem. Okay, but every now and then, once in a while, somebody has this sense of logjam. I can't get through it. I'm stuck here. I keep doing the same old stupid thing. I keep trying to find the path that gets me out of here. And it brings me back. Oh, my God. What, Tikyo? Fear. Fear of losing 
my identity. And but now the fear I have, and it, so it all comes down to fear, uh, is of opening up it and actually understanding, actually feeling all of the suffering that I know is there and that I can feel. So I've got to just close it all up. You know, we're talking about picking up garbage. And as always, our tendency is to look at fear as a kind of entity that has some sort of philosophical underpinnings. But to pick up garbage is to break that logjam that we have intellectualized about. Laurie Anderson's song, I was trying to remember the end of this, but I can't remember the verse. But anyway, it starts out, When you see a man who has fallen, pick him up and carry him. When you see a woman who is broken, Put her all into your arms. This is picking up the trash. The fear. What's going to happen if I do whatever it is, right? Fear. Just pick up the trash. Just pick up the person who has fallen. Just pick up what is in your life. Not in some kind of, oh, you poor dear, I'll pick you up. No, please. We're not talking about that kind of sentimental meddling here. We're talking about how to change, how to break through the logjam. What is it we have to do? And it starts right here. It starts with this trash. It starts with writing this paper, this letter, making this phone call, clearly seeing what you're doing, paying attention the details of your life, the things that are boring. Oh, but I'm a person who, well, that may be, but it's just probably one of those stories you tell yourself. Meanwhile, what's going on? Whose diaper needs changing? So... We all have this combustibility. This is the Andromeda galaxy. As seen by the 200-inch optical telescope, a spiral galaxy orbited by two companion galaxies, approximately 20,000 light years across and about 2 million light years away. It is the nearest spiral galaxy similar to the Milky Way. So what are you complaining about? Just do it. Think. Put yourself out there. Oh, Andromeda. Oh yeah. This life. This star. Come on. Do it. Be the one-pointed 
star that you are right here, alive. Soon you'll be one of those dead stars. All the stars we see are dead. That's what I've heard. Is that true? We don't know. They died a long time ago and we're still seeing their light. Some of them. Yeah, you would know. Anyway, don't be a dead star. Burn. 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 Without leaving a trace. This is our practice. Burn. Do your work. Burn.